The Hamlet Podcast, episode 97. Hello and welcome to this exploration of Shakespeare's Hamlet with me, your host, Connor Hanrissey. Over the course of the last two episodes, we've seen Hamlet running his usual rings around Guildenstern and Rosencrantz in turn. He's getting irritated with them. They want him to go and speak with his mother. He wants them to acknowledge just how duplicitous they've been with him. It's something of a lose-lose situation. And just as things start to get really tense, as Rosencrantz has been asking why Hamlet is so out of sorts when Claudius himself has named him heir to the throne and Hamlet gives a rather cloudy answer, the musicians come back on stage. Hamlet called for them about 50 lines earlier, as you remember, and here they are. As they enter, Hamlet acknowledges them and asks if he can borrow one. Oh, the recorders. Uh, Let me see one. To withdraw with you, why do you go about to recover the wind of me, as if you would drive me into a toil? Hamlet has not quite finished with Guildenstern. Even though it's been Rosencrantz doing the talking for the last few moments, Hamlet pulls the seemingly weaker of the two aside here. Much of Hamlet's language in the rest of this episode's text has to do with the playing of the recorder, as we will hear. First he asks why Guildenstern is going about, or working, to recover the wind of him. This is an image from hunting, whereby the hunter would attempt to get downwind of his prey, and so the hunted would lose the scent and be easier to guide into a trap. Hamlet completes the image, asking if Guildenstern is trying to drive him into a toil or a net. Hamlet is so wound up that his heat-oppressed brain is in overdrive. We're getting images of hunting, of music, The recorder is a wind instrument after all, and indeed, recorders were very similar to the kinds of pipes also used to entice and entrap birds. It's all spinning out from Hamlet in a remarkable combination of ideas. Guildenstern tries to reply, but he's obviously no match for Hamlet. Oh, my lord, if my duty be too bold, my love is too unmannerly. What Guildenstern is trying to say, I think, is that if he's being too bold in doing his duty, or what he perceives to be his duty, it's his love for Hamlet that is causing him to be so unmannerly. Not perhaps the most eloquent line in the play, but it's a good attempt to appear sincere, even though we know that he's totally compromised. Hamlet isn't convinced either, and there's room for him to get a good laugh at Guildenstern's expense with this response, as he says, I do not well understand that still holding the recorder that he borrowed from one of the actors, who are, bear in mind, still on stage and probably watching this exchange, as is Horatio, never forget, Hamlet asks, Will you play upon this pipe? Guildenstern replies, My lord, I cannot. Hamlet insists, trying to get him to play it. I pray you. Guildenstern really doesn't want to, and assures Hamlet, Believe me, I cannot. Undeterred, Hamlet continues, pressing him to play it. I do beseech you. Guildenstern still refuses, saying, I know no touch of it, my lord. It's Hamlet that has become the hunter here, and now he lays his trap for Guildenstern. Tis as easy as lying. Govern these vintages with your fingers and thumb, give it breath with your mouth, and it will discourse most eloquent music. Look you, these are the stops. Hamlet is pretending to give Guildenstern a music lesson here. Playing the recorder, he says, is as easy as lying. There's sadly no proof that this saying was proverbial in Shakespeare's time, but enough scholars seem to hope that it was that I'm happy to go along with the idea. 
whether it is or not, it's a great dig from Hamlet at his false friends, who are lying to him, and we all know it. Hamlet explains that in order to play the recorder, one should cover or govern its holes with the fingers and thumb and give it breath with one's mouth, and the instrument will discourse most eloquent music. Put your fingers in position, blow, and the recorder will play. He even gives a few positions for the different notes, saying, look you, these are the stops. Poor Guildenstern demurs rather sheepishly. But these cannot I command to any utterance of harmony. I have not the skill. I don't have the skill, he's saying, to make any kind of harmonious music at all. I couldn't possibly play it. And Hamlet has him right where he wants him. He snaps back. Why, look you now, how unworthy a thing you make of me. You would play upon me. You would seem to know my stops. You would pluck out the heart of my mystery. You would sound me from my lowest note to the top of my compass. And there is much music, excellent voice in this little organ. Yet cannot you make it speak. Splud, do you think I am easier to be played on than a pipe? Call me what instrument you will, though you can fret me, yet you cannot play upon me. Hamlet is furiously likening himself to a recorder. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern have been trying to play him, trying to get music out of him. And if Guildenstern is denying any ability to play something as simple as a recorder, the logic is he must think that Hamlet is a very stupid thing. Hamlet has tricked him into admitting his lack of skill, and so by extension he's suggesting Guildenstern thinks Hamlet unworthy, that he's simple enough to be worked and tricked. Hamlet plays the martyr a little here, but it's a great turnaround. He lists all the ways that these friends would try to manipulate him. They would play upon him, seem to know his stops, or which of his buttons to push. They would pluck out the heart of his mystery, and sound him from his lowest note to the top of his compass. These are all vaguely musical terms for different musical instruments. He's expanding on the recorder idea to almost operatic effect. He twists the musical instrument idea on himself in a different way, saying that there is much music, excellent voice in this little organ, himself, but they cannot get it, him, to speak. Splud is another addition to our long-standing list of minced oaths. This one refers to God's or Christ's blood. Hamlet is furious and asks these friends if they think he's easier to manipulate than a simple recorder. Do you think I am easier to be played on than a pipe? Call me what instrument you will, he says, though you can fret me, yet you cannot play upon me. It's quite a clever play on words here, even in the height of his anger. Shakespeare's combining the idea of fretting, of being put under pressure and made to worry or fret, with the frets on a stringed instrument that create the desired notes. It's kind of remarkable that Hamlet can combine the languages of hunting, the wind, the toil, the pipes, with the language of musical instruments, recorders, music, plucking, organs and fretwork, even at the height of his frenzy and anger at Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Now, these moments pass by so quickly in performance, it's almost impossible to imagine that an audience would literally understand every image as they rush by. But our slower, gentler approach here gives us the opportunity to appreciate the remarkable richness of Shakespeare's imagination. His enthusiasm for different languages of ideas, its hunting and music here, but there are so very many others, was remarkable. He keeps the story moving, whether we're stunned by his genius or not, and indeed, before Guildenstern or Rosencrantz can say a word of a comeback to this attack from Hamlet, Polonius comes back in. 
He's actually here to move the story along, which we will resolutely do in the next episode. In the meantime, there will be a little extra information on minced odes, hunting and musical instruments in the show notes for this week's episode, all available on the website, thehamletpodcast.com. Keep an eye on Instagram for occasional images to support various episodes and be sure to follow us on Twitter to be kept up to date on any podcast-related news. For all social media, the handle is at Hamlet Podcast, as you probably could have guessed. And I'll be back with a new episode next week. Thanks a million for listening and I'll speak to you then.